Welcome to Celebrate Cultivate, a podcast about celebrating the good in life and cultivating more of what you want. I'm your host, Kayleen Elise. My intention is to offer deep breaths and ideas for appreciating the magic in everyday life. I'm here to help you listen to your intuition, trust your inner wisdom, and act with inspiration. Let's get to it. Hello, and welcome back to Celebrate Cultivate. I'm coming to you from my maternity leave with some of the best episodes from the show. Today, we're going back to season two, episode 34, one of the all-time top downloaded episodes on elevating daily rituals with Kate Waitskin. I've known and loved Kate for years, and this conversation about rituals, creativity, and accessing the calm within is a really sweet one to visit this time of year. School's in session, autumn is quickly approaching, and it might feel nice to refresh some of the rhythms, routines, and rituals in your life. Now, on to the episode. Hello friends, I'm back with another episode in the season two series of conversations with people I admire and adore. We're talking about celebrating, cultivating, changing, creating, and the magic in everyday life. Today I have with me Kate Waitskin, who I first met several years ago when I first moved to Austin and stepped into a local yoga studio for class. Kate quickly became my favorite yoga teacher I loved her calm and encouraging approach, but also that she taught to a range of levels so I could push myself if I wanted to or take things a little easier. I find this unique combination of ease and effort in Kate's classes with a really strong focus of turning inward, which of course I totally appreciate. A little bit more about Kate. She's a mama, teacher, writer, essential oil educator, and mentor. She has taught yoga and meditation since 2006, and her passion lies in sharing and spreading the teachings of yoga as a way to explore, heal, and deeply reconnect with our bodies, minds, and spirits. Through this practice, she believes we begin to awaken more fully to our daily experiences, our internal wisdom, and our highest possibilities. Kate is definitely someone I look up to in motherhood, life, and in business. I really appreciate how she seems to take care of herself and her energy while also caring for three young boys. And I love how she connects her various interests and businesses from writing and teaching yoga to hosting retreats and sharing about essential oils. Overall, I just adore Kate, and I think you're going to as well. So Kate, welcome to Celebrate Cultivate. Thank you so much. What an incredible introduction. (laughs) That was beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. I mean, it's all true and comes from the heart. I have been a huge fan of yours for so long, and it's been really nice to see you grow and kind of watch that unfold Mm -hmm. and then see it reflected in myself as well and kind of learning from you along the way. Thank you. You know, I was actually just this morning, knowing that we had this conversation coming up today, I was just thinking about how we met and I have this visual and tell me if I'm correct, that it was you did just as you said, you walked into one of my yoga classes. And I think you were 
pregnant at the time? Or did that come later? <laughs> it's very, I don't know. It's very possible. I, I'm not sure. I know that I came to so many of your classes through both of my pregnancies, right. I believe. Um, and I just remember feeling like so safe in class as someone who is pregnant, but also like totally free. And it was really I think it was partly your teachings, but also just coming aware of myself that pregnancy and yoga was something that really like let me embody my body in a way I hadn't before. Mm, yes, absolutely. And I know after class, I'd always come up to you and be like, was I allowed to do that? Is that okay? <laughs> and hopefully I always said, yes, listen to your body. And you did. That's, that is, I, you know, that's when I think about our time in the studio together, that it, it was, you were pregnant for most of it. So yes. <laughs> I feel honored to have been part of that, part of that journey with you for sure. Yes. Yes. It's a special, a special time. Well, I want to talk about rituals and rhythms because I feel like you are the ritual queen mm -hmm. and I feel like there is so much to dig into there. So before we even get into all of that, what does ritual mean to you? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. You know, I, I think ritual, when we look at what ritual has been in the past, historically, there's a sort of ceremonial piece and almost a formality to it. And while I think that that is, there's, there's some, some beauty there for sure. My, my hope and what's really worked for me is allowing ritual to be something that that I define and that I create myself and that I hope that that is something that that comes across in the way that I share about rituals. I, I think of ritual really um, at the foundation as an invitation to awaken um, and a willingness to find the sacred in everyday life. Um, so bringing this experience or perspective of um, reverence um, and sanctity to even the most routine aspects of our day. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why ritual feels so good mm -hmm. is because it's that pause and shift in perspective. And like you said, an invitation and just a dropping into even the smallest moments. So when it comes to ritual for you and work, are there things that, and like I mentioned, you have a lot of different things that you could put into that work bucket. Mm -hmm. So are there rituals or practices that you specifically cultivate in those areas? Yes, for sure. I, you know, I think the, one of the most important things for me around work um, is staying inspired and continuing to learn. One of my yoga teachers, Rod Stryker, says, be teachable to the end. And for me, there's this very beautiful humility that comes in that, you know, in that phrase, um, that saying. And so I think in terms of rituals that I do around my work and to support my work, again, staying inspired. So things like um, daily movement. I, I have always, since I can remember, gotten so much inspiration from 
being outside on a run or on a walk at the trail or in my neighborhood or wherever it may be, just being in nature. And sometimes I'm listening to a podcast. Sometimes I'm just reflecting or just being, you know, being in the process of being in nature and being on my, on my walk, right. Or my run. And Mm -hmm. I always, always find that something comes to mind, whether it's an idea for an offering or just a, a, perspective shift around something that I'm doing, you know, in life or in work. Um, I have, I have so many little voice memos or voice, you know, notes on my phone that I've, I'll stop in the middle of the street and, (laughs) or, you know, on the side and, um, and record a little voice memo on something that's just come to mind that I, that I want to remember and hold on to. Um, I think also, physical space for me is a really important component of work and being being able to be creative and coming from a place of clarity so having you know setting up my space in a way that feels um that feels easeful that feels inviting that feels creative so i love creating um altars on my workspace for the day. So, or for a specific, like this conversation, I I created a really simple, really simple, but just something that sets the tone for what I hope, you know, this experience um, is the energy that I want to bring to that experience. So that's one piece. I also, I love keeping this is something I actually learned from my dad is keeping clean white paper <laughs> with some of my favorite pens and pencils nearby. And I have these stacks of white paper in the various places in my house where I like to work or where I tend to get inspired so that I can, you know, take notes, write things down, draw pictures, write out a sequence, whatever it may be as it comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. So you're getting outside and creating physical spaces that feel inviting, and then you're capturing what comes to you either in a voice memo or on your clean sheets of paper. Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. Ah. Yeah. And I, again, Ah. you know, listening and reading and, and just surrounding myself with things that inspire me. So the, you know, the altar speaks to that. Um, essential oils for sure are a huge component to my workspace and my work day, um, you know, and books, books for sure. Just being, you know, being in a constant place of taking information in and learning and being inspired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And in your, everyday life as mom and partner and woman and person Mm -hmm. (laughs) do you have different rituals that you use to help you stay calm and connected you know I do I would say definitely there's some overlap in you know in those what I mentioned for work um that that also contribute to how I show up and how I want to show up for my family and um, my loved ones and my students and, you know, everybody that I'm interacting with on a day-to-day basis. Um, Mm -hmm. There's, there's a concept in, in yoga um, called Pari Namavada. And the, the concept essentially is saying that 
we know that all things in nature are changing. And because we are part of nature, we are always changing. And that the world around us is always in a state of change. And so in order to um, in order to move forward in our days and in our endeavors and in our relationships, it's so important to first check in with where we are at any given moment. So, you know, using the yoga practice is a really great example. I think a simple example in that we come to the mat and how we're feeling today may be very different than how we felt yesterday. And so if we're not tuned into the quality of our energy or what's going on for us mentally or emotionally, and we just move into our practice the way we did the day before, it, it may not be serving us, you know, in the way that we need. And so if we can first take the time to tune in um, and observe and then honor what we're observing by the choices that we're making, then I think everything can more easily um, come into alignment. And so I, you know, I use this practice really um, in, yes, on my mat, but also in my day, day to day and, um, and taking time to, I mean, it doesn't have to happen first thing in the morning, but I think that's a, a nice time um, to bring that practice in of just tuning in and noticing mm -hmm. what, you know, noticing how I'm feeling when I wake up, what's my energy, what's on my mind, what's on my heart. Um, and then when we honor that, then I find the most often the, the next right step becomes really clear. Yeah. Because checking into that gives you so much data and so much like connection versus just running almost on autopilot. Like if we're always operating from how we felt yesterday or the day before, then we're kind of just repeating those patterns instead of awakening to where we are in the moment. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I, I think of it as being in conversation with myself, right? So, you know, sometimes it's, it's helpful. To, I find it helpful to actually ask questions, you know, where do I need guidance today? What, what feels nourishing right now, or simply just acknowledging, you know, I see you, I feel you, these different aspects of what's coming up. Um, and, and sometimes it's just listening, you know, and just, or, uh, taking into account the most simple, like, how do I feel physically right now? What's, what are the sensations in my body? How is that going to impact what I do next? <laughs> right. So mm -hmm. it's, it, it all can help us to inform and to make choices that are honoring where we are. Is there anything that you do that helps you kind of stop in your tracks and realize that you need that check-in? Because I think for a lot of people, we are just kind of going and going and going. And so it can sometimes be hard to know where the place is to stop. Mm -hmm. If that makes mm -hmm. sense. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's a great question for me. It's when I feel myself um, moving at a pace that is not uh, supportive, that is not nourishing to my nervous system. Right. So if I find myself literally physically moving around my day and around my house and through my, through my, you know, chosen priorities for the day in a way that feels rushed or hurried or scattered, 
that's usually a sign that I, I need to, to take a moment and, and check in and see what's really kind of underneath that, that sensation or that need to, to rush or to hurry through. Also my patients, you know, I have three gorgeous mirrors that walk around me every day. And my boys, <laughs> my boy, mm -hmm. meaning my boys, um, that, you know, they reflect so much back to me. And I, I know that in my patients, you know, when, when my patience is short, that's usually my indication that I have, um, overscheduled myself or that I, you know, I have something going on that I need to give a little bit more attention to. Um, so things like that, where I, I think that it requires us coming to know and really feel what our true nature feels like to be able to, to know when we're out of that space, when we're operating from a place that's disconnected to source and disconnected from our true nature, our kind of guiding voice. And when we, yeah. you know, right. So when we're in, when we have those practices and they can be different for, for everyone, but those practices, those, those rituals, those things that we do in our day to help us to reconnect with that space, um, then we know more clearly when we're, when we're operating away from that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Do you think that there is this kind of pendulum swing that happens when you get aware and you're like, okay, this is what I want. I want to feel calm and peaceful all the time. Like, A, do you think that's possible? And B, do you think there's like a middle ground to it? I, you know, we're, we're humans. And I, and so I think that there's, I don't think it's possible for us to, um, to get away from reaction and to get away from emotion and to get, you know, away from those things that may trigger us. But I do believe wholeheartedly that the, the more we are in practice again of knowing that space, knowing the, that baseline energy that of peace and of ease that really is our true nature that mm -hmm. we can we can bring ourselves back to that more effectively and more efficiently when we when we're familiar with it and so in other words it mm -hmm. doesn't mean knowing and experiencing that place doesn't doesn't mean that we won't experience things you know that we're immune to the things that would potentially trigger us um but it's in our ability to bring ourselves back and to plug back into that space so that we're responding rather than reacting that I think is that's where that that kind of practice is there um I heard this described this was on I was on a retreat um there was a question that came up from a student around the topic of meditation and the question was along the lines of, okay, so we've, we've been able to touch into this space, you know, on this retreat and all this meditation that we're doing. Now, how do we go back out into the world and, and still know this place? How do we stay connected to this? Right. right? Yes. And the, yeah. Yeah. the, the answer or the description, the, the response that 
that I took away from it, and this is not word for word, but it was this idea that we we keep one foot planted in that space, and then from there we navigate the world, so that we're always mm-hmm. connected to that space, and yet we are still very much in the world and engaging. And you know, while we may be and we will be run up against things that that challenge that that piece that it, that we mm-hmm. we're, that we're connected to it and so we can always come back to it mm-hmm. i love that yeah as you were speaking i was getting this visual of like those hard bouncy balls that when you throw down they they bounce really hard mm-hmm. back up and i think that that for me has been my experience in like becoming aware of this and wanting to tune into it more. And for a long time, I just wanted it all the time. But then when I would bounce, like when something would happen, I just like bounce so hard, I'd fly up high Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then like, it would be a really hard landing. And then I would really bounce up and down for a while. And now I think there's this idea I'm finding of just like floating back down like a feather, like you're still going to bounce from time to time. Mm -hmm. It's life and you're human, like you said, but there is a softening that happens and an acceptance of your own humanity that happens. Um, And like you said, if you can keep one foot planted in that rooted place, then you can also be human and accept that humanity in yourself. I love that. I love that visual of the feather. And yeah, that was so beautifully said. And, and within that, you know, I think we have the tendency to, within that experience that you just described to layer on this um, sort of guilt or shame around, Mm -hmm. oh, why did I go there again? Or why did I, you know, I, I know, I know how to stay steady. I know. And, and so I think that's another another piece that's important for us to be aware of is is like you said that that aspect of acceptance and just you know I'm human yes that happened but it's this almost a celebratory moment where we get to go okay now I know where to come back I know where I need to come back to so I yes. get to come I get to go there and yeah and your rituals can help you with that too like that's one of those things where when you have those practices and they're simple and they're easy to implement and they're grounding you can be like okay so I'm wobbly Mm -hmm. I just bounced around for a little bit and now let me figure out how to get back center and part of that can just be a, a really simple practice absolutely absolutely and I you know I think that rituals one of the ways I think about rituals sometimes is that they they can provide an element of um, structure and stability in our days that so that we we know that our days are going to be fluid right we know inherently that our days are going to be things are going to come up out of left field that we weren't expecting and um, you know our days are just going to they're going to flow as they flow and yet if we have these rituals in place they can in in a way create a framework of stability so that we know okay i'm going to wake up um first thing i do before i get out of bed literally as i'm opening my eyes is just take a moment of gratitude (sighs) okay a couple of deep breaths there i am i start my day that way right and then Mm -hmm. for me it's using an essential oil again before i actually before my feet hit the floor i put my balance oil on my feet and on my heart um, or use arise, you know, in the palms of my hands and breathe that in. And, and so 
you know, there's, if, if we have these moments built into the day, um, then I think it, again, it creates a sort of stability to then allow also for that fluid nature of our days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the bank of the river, like you, there is a bank always on the river. And if you can add some signposts and some flowers and like a little spot to, to have a picnic, like you could still flow down the river. But if you have those things that you know that you can count on in your journey of your day, it makes it, it just makes it feel better. I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, while we're talking about rituals, you have a new offering in January that's called the Essential Ritual Series. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. Thank you. Yeah. So we, Essential Rituals, it's a four-week series. We meet once a week um, for four weeks, and it's incorporating yoga and meditation and essential oils and also some reflection and um, and journaling as as part of it Um, and it's you know i think of this offering as again a way to start to build the practice of ritual into our days with greater ease and simplicity because i think the idea of ritual for some people can can be um can be kind of scary in a way. I mean, it, you know, it's like, I don't, it, it can feel, I think like a big commitment and I don't really know what that means. Overwhelming. Overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so that's, that's really my hope here is to guide people in the process of, of starting to look at how we're spending our days and acknowledging where there are kind of energy leaks in our day where we can, where we can start to shift things and shift our perspective and, um, and begin to build that, that framework, as I mentioned before, kind of in, you know, into our days. That sounds amazing. One thing I want to talk about is like 2020 Mm -hmm. (laughs) this year. And I remember I have this like memory of us bumping into each other right before everything shut down and just like kind of chatting about like, oh gosh, like, I don't know, is South by Southwest going to happen? Like what's going on? And in some ways it doesn't feel like any time has passed since that just chance encounter. And in other ways, like we're in this whole new world now. And I think there's plenty of conversation that's been happening about how hard this year has been. And so one of the things I've been wanting to do is have conversation around what do you want to celebrate and appreciate this year? Because obviously there's also that Mm. in this space, there's room for both. So what's one thing about this year that, that you really want to like hold on to and appreciate moving forward? Such a great question. And I love I love this piece of this conversation. I think, as you said, it's so important to acknowledge the the hardship and the challenge and really the aspects of this year that have been devastating in so many different ways. Yes. And I think that at the same time, there have been um, so, so many beautiful pieces to this time. And, you know, we have been all of us as a, as a world, we have been uh, required to stay home, right? To stay, to stay home, to, to be with ourselves, be with whoever it is that's in our home with us, um, if, if that's the case. And 
I think for a lot of us, that's that's been really uncomfortable and there's been a learning process in that. And there has been my experience um, for which I'm so grateful is that it has brought such a deeper connection between you know my family. So I, there's there's five of us and we're all in the house together and we have been for you know seven what is it almost eight months now and yeah. um and so there are you know speaking of rituals there are rituals that we have as a family created and um and, and organically right not like okay we're here let's start doing this thing but really just in being really present with each other and keeping the conversations open and people's needs you know and at the forefront of the conversations and and so things have just naturally unfolded in that way um so i think for me it's it's really been that that piece that i that i do celebrate and that we talk about a lot is these these connections that have become deeper um and even i would say even in my work there have been because because things have shifted online which has there's been a huge learning curve there uh, for me anyway i know for a lot of others as well uh, but there you know there are people um, with whom i'm connecting that i don't believe i would have had this not been the case right that are you know i i had a call mm -hmm. yesterday with two women from one from portugal and one from london and and that's um, wow. yeah yeah so it's it, there have been just new relationships and connections that have opened in in that way um from just being in being present in a new space um, because of this yeah that's so interesting you're like we're yeah, we're staying home every the world is staying home and then at the same time you're establishing global connections that you never would have if the world was the way that it was and you were you know teaching at a mm -hmm. yoga studio down the street mm -hmm. so exactly. that's that's like a really fascinating takeaway yeah for sure are there any of the rituals that your family has established that you'd want to share with us sure and you know i will preface this by saying that um and this is a conversation that we have we, we just recently had in our essential rituals um group which is that you know, ritual is, there is a, I think there's a tendency to feel like if we have a ritual in place that it has to happen every single day. And I, I do believe that there is an element of consistency that's important when it comes to building ritual into our days. But, uh, but the, the ritual itself in my opinion, doesn't have to be the same every day. You know, there are some that, that work mm -hmm. really well, but there's also that element, again, that we spoke about before of checking in to see what we really need today. And so that ritual may change. So that's to say that uh, one example we just did this last night is we, um, we've been going on evening walks, you know, after dinner and we've got a puppy so we'll take her and we live pretty close to the lake. And so we'll walk down to the lake and we'll throw the ball for her. And it's just a time that we, you know, we get to just walk and be, nobody's got their devices on and just get to connect as a family that way. Um, mm -hmm. That's been one, you know, there's another, another aspect that is 
because of because the the fact that the boys are home right now for school, uh, they're doing you know virtual school, and um, so that's shifted the way that my husband and I are both working as well. And so I, one of my rituals now is that my daily movement is happening early, like 6am is when I go out. And what that's done is that means that my husband now has the time with the boys first thing in the morning. So he's making them breakfast and getting that one-on-one time with them to start the day while I'm out doing my movement. And so that's, you know, that was, again, that was something that just sort of unfolded naturally just by way of our schedule, but it's become something that we're mm-hmm. both really appreciating. And um, so, yeah, those are, those are two things that come to mind right now. Yeah, I love that. And I mean, especially with the change in seasons, right? Like in the heat of the summer and after dinner walk really doesn't feel that comfortable and getting up at at 6 a.m. to go, you know, for a run or a walk outside isn't always feasible. So those rhythms and those rituals, they will ebb and flow. But I also think that establishing some gives you the opportunity to make space for new ones or to change them when you recognize through a check-in of like, hey, okay, this isn't working anymore. Like daylight savings time happened. So now we got to shift this around. And so I just love that they have come up naturally. And I love that you're aware that you'll, you know, you'll have to change them from time to time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. What about you? Do you guys have anything that's come up for you all that you're doing more consistently now or rituals around your days? You know, I think so with having a two-year-old and a four-year-old, there's some pretty set consistency around like when they wake up and when they go to bed. Yeah. And when, so those things are kind of set markers. And at the beginning of COVID and staying home, I was really grateful for that because there was such a strong consistency in the flow of our days. Like they're not aware of what's happening. So they kind of kept us grounded at the moment, um, we often have dance parties after dinner mm-hmm. and the kids are obsessed with shallow that song. <laughs> so they, it's so cute. They like sing it at the top of their lungs and dance. Uh. And, um, we also played Madonna's Vogue recently and they love that. So it's been fun to like pull out the old favorites and (laughs) teach them the songs. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Oh, dance, dance parties are, are, are just key right now. I think. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, it's funny, like before having little kids that are just dance with abandon and don't care and are so ridiculous I don't think that, you know, I would sometimes play music and dance in my car or whatever, but to have like a moment and time where we literally say that we're getting on the dance floor in our home and our PJs or whatever, it's, it's very freeing. And I, I just really appreciate that they have kind of like broken us out of our shells. And I guess before we had kids, we might've been dancing at clubs or whatever. So there was that, but, um, it's, (laughs) it's very fun to have access to that space in an easy way. Absolutely. I love that. I actually just asked, this is a, um, I asked for my, my birthday's coming up in November. Um, and I asked for a karaoke machine for my birthday. <laughs> we'll see if yes. we get that. But I just, you know, in that conversation, which happened over dinner 
led to us doing sort of an impromptu karaoke with, you know, salad tongs. And I mean, it was just, it, <laughs> it's just so funny. So, uh, oh yeah, I'll keep you posted on that. Yes. Yeah. And it's fun to, it's fun to be silly. And I think, you know, things do sometimes feel heavy and important and that is also true, but it is really nice to be able to kind of shake it off and dance and sing. And I think that also brings you into the moment. Um, I remember when the kids were really little and I had, I think it was probably a doula or somebody say that when you're singing, you really can't have that worry track playing in your mind because you're singing and it calms your nervous system. It calms your mind. And so that's one of the reasons why lullabies is so effective. It isn't always just for the baby. It's for whoever's holding the baby to help calm them down and help soothe them. Mm. I love that. And it's so true. Wow. Yeah. So good. <laughs> so I know that as a yoga teacher, I've heard you talk about change and transformation so many times when I've been on my mat, but when it comes to you personally, how do you feel about change? Change is is constant. We've touched on that already um, in this conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, change is something that uh, we can count on. And I, I think of it while change is not always easy, of course, that ultimately it's an opportunity for growth. And I try to take comfort in knowing that if we're present to the process of change, um, that it ultimately is, is moving us towards a deeper understanding of ourselves. Hmm. I think, you know, there, and you may have heard me speak about this, um, as you mentioned, I, uh, tend to touch on this in my classes from time to time, but there, I think of uh, transition and transformation and change really on a, on a spectrum. And there is where we, you know, where we've been, what has been our, our reality or our norm and where we're headed, which is sometimes sort of clear, sometimes not. And that space between Right. It was so often we want to just sort of fast forward to where we're going and just get there already. Like I, I, you know, I know where things are changing. I just want to get there. Like I've heard so many people say with this pandemic, like, can we just be done with it? Right. Mm -hmm. And that there, that in between space is really where life is happening right? That's where that, that flow of life is happening. That's where the learnings are happening, where we're, where the growth is happening, the, the clarity and the realizations. And um, again, is it easy? No. Sometimes, yes, as we've said, there's, there's the really difficult things and the challenges and the realizations of ways that we've been living that have not been supporting um, our highest good or the highest good for people for all people, for the world. Right. And, and mm -hmm. there is also the, the clarity and the, the illumination of what are our priorities and what are the things, where do we want to be putting our energy and um, these opportunities for learning, 
and for growth. So I think, you know, the last thing I would say about, about change is, uh, again, there's this, there's this concept in yoga called tapas, T-A-P-A-S, and it's the sort of literal translation of it is, is burning away impurities so that we, mm. we can come to clarify our essence or reconnect with, really be in relationship with our true nature. And another way I've heard tapas described is a commitment to growth. Um, hmm. It's, it's uh, austerity is another word that comes with it, you know, or discipline, but it's this commitment to growth. And there's an element in, in growth and in transformation of, of heat, right. Of that, of that kind of rub or that, um, I've heard it described as kind of a cooking of the learnings and a process of distilling and assimilating what it is that we're learning in that, in that, in that process of transformation. And mm -hmm. ultimately it's bringing us closer to ourselves. It's bringing us to a place of greater clarity. Yeah. So yes, yes. And like you said, it isn't always comfortable, especially that in between space. I think that one of the things I've been coming to realize recently is that in the waiting, there's a tendency to ruminate and kind of to get stuck in this like spinning motion of I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And it's uncomfortable to be in that. And you kind of like plan out all the scenarios and there's a space for worry in that rumination. Mm -hmm. And I think we're also capable of simply waiting <laughs> and enduring and holding a space for patience. And of course, again, being like humble to the fact that we're humans, but also to be like, oh, okay. So I'm uncomfortable because I'm waiting because you, a lot of times in change, you do know that there's something around the corner mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's so uncomfortable to know that there's something around the corner and you want to be there now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and in that waiting, that may actually be what you're waiting for. Mm -hmm. Right. What, what's coming to light in that waiting it, that may actually be what your you know, what, what the golden nugget is, um, and yes. not actually what, you know, it might even be that that thing that we're working towards or waiting on is just, is just something to, to get us to be in the space of stillness and, and presence of what's actually happening right now to wake up to that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I was in a, in a recent interview, um, with Emma Natter, we talked about how when you create something in flow, there's this like excitement, but also a lack of understanding sometimes of like, what just came out of me? Like that was like so magical and so amazing. And it like, you're rushing down the river. It's incredible. And instead of hanging out in the river and really savoring and enjoying what just happened, you like hop out of the river and you're like, okay, where's the next river? I got to get to the next river. <laughs> and it's like, no, we can, you know, the, the journey, there is joy in the journey. And sometimes you can get to a, a stopping place and instead of jumping out, you can be like, okay, I'm going to simmer in this mm -hmm. and be here for a minute and soak it up. So I think that that plays a part in 
our discomfort with change too, is that we're in such a hurry to get to the next spot. And then we get to that spot and we're like, okay, what's next? Like you don't even stay to smell the roses to be super cliche. Yes. Well, and I will tell you within that cliche, smelling the roses. I mean, that is, that is the, I mean, we're, we're walking around our neighborhood all the time right now. And, and we do that, you know, we literally stop. And now I see the boys doing that without my prompting. And it is, I just, it's, (laughs) it is cliche. And yet it's such a beautiful teaching, you know, just Mm -hmm. stop and appreciate and pay attention to yeah, what the kids definitely do. do that. Yeah, they do. Kids do that. Like we, we definitely had that when we were small too. I think it is just we're. I think we're born with it. There's a marvel and just a magic to every tiny little thing. And as parents, we're like, okay, come on, we got to go. Like we got to get you to the bath and get you tucked in for bed. Like I don't want to look at this thing again. <laughs> um, but you know, it's also like you said. They're magical little mirrors that we have access to if we if we can recognize it, which I don't think we're meant to constantly, but it is there when when we're available. Mm-hmm. When we're open to it. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I definitely want to talk about creativity with you because you are so creative and it plays out in a wide range of areas. And speaking of having the boys home with you and all that's happened this year and having to get up to speed on what does a digital offering look like, how do you make time to create and to find that inspiration that you mentioned earlier during a busy season? Mm. You know, it's... I think there's a couple different things that come into play um, for that. And with this idea of creativity and this practice um, or experience of creativity, the, you know, one thing that, um, that I have been exploring, I would say for the past year, and I've been super resistant to is time blocking, time blocking my calendar. (laughs) Um, It's something Mm -hmm. that my, my mentor and, and teacher Elena, Elena Brower, um, has, has guide, given me guidance on over the, you know, over the last year and a half, I'd say. And I just have been, I've been super resistant to it. I think because I, I really like to be able to see how I'm feeling that day and decide where I want my focus to be based on sort of where I feel inspired. Right. And mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. I, what I also find in that approach, which works sometimes and works for some people is that there's not, you know, there's not that, um, that clarity around what is my priority for today? Like what, what do I really want to create? And, and so I've been, you know, I've been exploring playing with that, uh, really actually this week. Um, and it's been working, it's been working really well. So that's, that's one piece, um, that again is, is, is newer to me. Uh, I think also this idea of setting ourselves up for success in our days. So the idea, as I mentioned earlier around having pieces, having these stacks of paper out for me, that's something that, that I see it and I automatically, I can feel my creativity starting to, to bubble, right? It's like, mm, I see it. Yeah. And so having those, um, sort of placing these things around my space that, that help me to feel creative, the oils, the essential oils that I turn to when I want to, what, you know, when I need to kind of get 
get into that space of creativity, having those around. Um, so having the, the tools essentially that, you know, that work for you um, around and easy to access. That's, that's another piece. And then I think the other, the other thing, especially right now in this, the world that we're living in at this moment is being open to creation looking different ways. So I mentioned earlier that I, I am, you know, uh, when I'm out in nature on my runs, on my walks, I'm, it's, it, it is a creative space for me. And there have been many workshops and offerings that I have created, you know, while out in that way. And, um, mm -hmm. and so, you know, I think there's, there's that element of just being open to, uh, the creativity unfolding in different spaces and in different, different elements that it doesn't always have to be, okay, I'm sitting down and this is my space where I create. And this is, you know, this is, um, that it has to be kind of in that, in that box. Does that make sense? That piece? Totally. And it's kind of full circle because you saying that I can see why you would have some mental resistance to time blocking mm -hmm. if you're getting all of these intuitive hits and ideas and connection when you're out in nature it can feel really restrictive to put yourself in a box and be like this is my writing box mm -hmm. but at the same time i think one idea i have for you is to play with connecting to your intuition before you set up your time blocks mm -hmm. or you might already be doing this, but to kind of, you know, play into future Kate and tap into her and say, okay, so for the next two weeks, I want to set this calendar up and ask her, connect to her and see what she has to say. And then when you're in the flow of it, like it's Tuesday afternoon, you're like, I'm just going to trust future Kate. She knew what to do. <laughs> I love that. No, I do. I really, I appreciate that uh, perspective. And, and I think that, yes, there is, you know, that, that there's a, there's a balance, there's a balance to it. Like, for example, I now am understanding with more clarity, which aspects of my work really need that, that structure like writing, mm -hmm. right? So I have, I, what has been working for me and what I've been doing is once the boys start school, that's when I sit down to write. It's in the morning. I've done my movement. Mm -hmm. I feel inspired. And I, and I know that I need that quiet space to be able to do that. So that's where that structure, that time blocking is coming in. And then the rest of the day is all right, I've got my few priorities that I want to get through for the day. And that, that piece is going to be a little bit more fluid. So I think, mm -hmm. you know, having a little bit of that, that balance where there is some, some structure and some, some flow within the schedule is, I don't know, t TBD, but that's what, that's what um, <laughs> is feeling good right now. Right now. I, you know, one other thing, Kayleen, that's coming up for me with this is that <clears throat> when it comes to creativity, is there's, uh, you know, there's the, the creations that we put out into the world and then there's the creations that we do for ourselves and mm -hmm. that, you know, the, the things that we're putting out there and, you know, for me, it's, it is, you know, the writing that I'm working on or the classes that I'm creating or the series or whatever it may be, the oils, 
Um, and then there's the, the creativity that I do in my own space. That is the altars that I create or the bread that I make that I just is bringing me so much joy. <laughs> sourdough <laughs> creation, uh, you know, or the oils that I use in my, my own daily rituals just to support myself. And, and so there's all of those things for me feel creative and yet they're, some of them are for the world and some of them are for me personally. And, and so it's, I don't know, I think it's important to have, to have space for both of those or all of that. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's also a mindset, right? In viewing those things as creativity, you're kind of putting yourself in creativity's path mm-hmm. and opening yourself up to other ways to appreciate and to express your creativity, which I think is why you're finding inspiration everywhere. It's because you're kind of, that's the mindset that you're coming to things with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just have one more question for you, Kate. How does the magic in everyday life show up for you? It's in the simplest things, um, I, I believe. Um, so things like my, my boys' personalities coming out and just being really present to those changes in them that I'm seeing and their, you know, their... Um, these, these elements of themselves that, that I'm just seeing come to life. Um, and again, we've already spoken about this, but, but slowing down to open the eyes of our senses to see and to smell and to feel and to hear and to taste all of those things that to me is, is the magic of life. And it's, it's right in front of us and it's around us always. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's beautiful. And it's so accessible because we have it all the time, like you said. Right there. Well, Kate, thank you so much for being here and for sharing your magic with all of us. Can you let us know how we can find you and connect with you? Yes, absolutely. So you can go to my website, which is katewaitskin.com. And on my website, you'll see a calendar that will show all of my live online classes. There's also an online tab, which uh, will take you to the space of the Shala Collective, which is my online library of, of yoga and meditation classes. So that's all there. Everything really that I offer is is on my website. And then you know, on Instagram, for sure, at, at Kate Waitskin. Um, so that's it amazing thank you oh you're welcome <laughs> no it's it's it really is a pleasure and it's such a I just I love I was really looking forward to our time together today and I I also would love just to say that I so appreciate everything that you share and put out and you are such an inspiration I know to so many people including myself and so I just want to say thank you for that Thanks for being, Aww. for being you. <laughs> Thank you, Kate. Oh, well, I'll hug you sometime soon. I know. Yes. It. <laughs> oh, sometime soon. I hope. I know. Thank you so much for listening. 
visit KayleenElise.com for links and notes from today's episode. Connect with me on Instagram. I'm at KayleenElise. Please share this pod with anyone who could use a little extra magic in their everyday life. Stay tuned for the next episode. I'll talk to you then.